Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Okay. You ready to pray? Let's, yeah, pray? let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be your children. Father, we know we don't deserve that relationship. We know that we don't deserve to be called, uh, called children by you. But Father, we know we are, and we thank you for it. We pray your blessings upon us as we study today. We pray for our audience that watches and listens. And I pray, Father, that they, we will say things that will help to, uh, uh, to motivate them and help to uh, change uh, some things maybe in their lives. Father, help, them, help us all to get closer to you because of what we're studying this morning. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you, Father, for the, for the, for the direction that this will go. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's been a while. Well, not to them. They've been watching other stuff. But, you know, we haven't... Uh, we took a little break. Well, they're watching the stuff from back when we were in the yeah. auditorium. Yeah, we were in the auditorium, so it is different. The the quality and everything is different. But you know, we uh, you know, we we had to take a little break. We took we took a break for a bit, and now we're going to start the Book of Leviticus. Now we're in Leviticus. Yeah. You know, we just been before we started recording, we've been deciding. You know how you know I said we're not going to go verse by verse. <laughs> you know, we won't have any viewers left if we do that. Well, what's so interesting about Leviticus is you know it's it's and we've said this in the past, but it's really where. Bible reading plans go to die. Yeah. You, know, you start a you start a year long Bible reading plan, and you you click through Genesis. You you make it through Exodus. You know there are some tough good. spots, but you make it pretty well. You're able to stay. You know the last prob there's probably like ten chapters in there that that are especially difficult where God's setting up the tabernacle, and you're like, what is going on? But then you hit Leviticus, and a lot of the book is that way. A lot of the book is this regulation, and and you get to about chapter two. And you're done reading for the. I mean, it's it's yeah. for a modern reader, it's very thick. It's very difficult to make it through. Oh. You're like, why do I care what they're doing with the fat of the lobe of the liver? Like you're like, <laughs> yeah. what what is going yeah. on here? Yeah, you know, and you wash the legs, and you know, unless you've ever butchered an animal, like it's it's like a detailed manual on how to how to prepare a yeah. butchered animal, right? Yeah. How to butcher an animal. Um, and and not even it, for eating. And they know? did it a lot. And they did it a lot. Yeah. A, lot a lot of them. Yeah. Yes. And there were a lot of a lot of sacrifices. Well, you know, the, the, I've got a note here at the top and it said, and it's above, you know, it's just a note I wrote. It said, God providing a way for sinful Israel to come into the presence of the Holy God. Well, and, and that's, that's really what he's doing. And that's the dichotomy, right? So Bible reading plans go here to die and we can't make it through this book, but this is the most important book of the Torah. Probably probably the most important book in the Old Testament. Probably. So, yeah. yeah. So abs no, absolutely. I mean, um, it, what is it dealing with? And so uh, if you're familiar with chiastic structures, with uh, which I know a lot of people aren't, no. but it's, it's essentially A, B, C, B, A. 
And that's what you have in the Torah, the Torah of five books. And essentially what you have is leading up into Leviticus and then coming out of Leviticus. And so that's the structure of the Torah. And there's lots of different ways we can get there. You can get there with, you know, just the books themselves, but even with the stories and the narrative structure of, of the Old Testament, it's all, and the whole point is leading into Leviticus. Mm -hmm. Why is Leviticus so important? Because Leviticus is leading us into the presence of God. Yeah. Leviticus is all about, and you can divide and the I book like into, that you said us, because because the, all, all of this segues into us. I mean, yeah. I know it's for Israel. It's for ancient. They haven't even, they haven't started wandering yet. They haven't gotten the promised land yet. God is preparing them getting them ready. This is what you need to do. This is what's going to happen. This is how you're going to stay faithful. This is how you're going to be able to come into the tabernacle because at this point they can't come in there because they, they've broken the covenant. He's, he's fixing this and, and, and he's going to do the same thing through Jesus. So we're going to spend some time in the book of Hebrews, looking at Hebrews, how Jesus segues this, this into us. Well, Israel is a type of Christ or yes. a type of the church. Rather. Yeah. Type of the so church. Israel is, is, the, the the archetype or the prototype and and we become spiritual israel yeah. when we're baptized into christ we're added by god to to the to the, to the body of believers and we become spiritual israel is what That's he calls absolutely. us yeah he calls us spiritual israel so this really is for us except this is in a physical sense this is actually physically what they're going to have to do and jesus culminates that in a spiritual sense on the cross he culminates right. the whole thing on the cross so i mean it, it leviticus answers the question with how does sinful how does God dwell in the midst of sinful humanity, or how does God through bring the, through this sinful humanity into His presence? Because, that's, yep. Yeah, that's because that's what God wants, and I, I think we lose track of that. In fact, this Sunday, well, last Sunday for when they're watching this, probably I think think if that's where we're at. Anyway, uh, very soon here in the Supremacy of Christ series, I'm preaching through right now, where I'm preaching through the Book of Colossians. I'm going to talk about what God's desire is, mm -hmm. and if you've seen our character of God stuff, you should already know the answer. Mm -hmm. the, God's desire is us. Yeah, He wants us. He wants His creation. He wants What's His the people. The, that's what they've been watching. The names of God. You're right. You know, who God is. And it and every step of the way. And it doesn't matter how you cut it. If you look at the names of God, so these are and really these are names that people are giving to God mm -hmm. at, based on his actions, mm -hmm. right? But if you look at the character of God out of Exodus chapter 34, that that those two verses, and I think six and seven, um, or if you're looking at the names of God throughout the entire Old Testament, either way, you see the character of God shining through, which is, I love my creation. I love what I've done here, and I want to save it. I know they're, I mean, we're, we are hell bent on destroying ourselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and if you look around at the world today, there's not really much of a question of that. No. Um, that's that's obviously where the world is going. But God sees that and he says, I want to step in and do something about this. I want to change the direction. I want to save them. And that's his goal. And so we've convinced ourselves, we've bought into a lie. And that lie is God hates us. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not true. true at all. It's not that's true. Not. And and you know, it's it's hard to if you're if you're a novice at this and you haven't read much and you haven't looked at this much, it's really hard to to go from the Leviticus to today it is yeah and what we're going to try to do is help you do that yeah. help you get there and, and and in every class that's what we're going to try to do is help you get from here which was not to us it was to another group of people but how do we get this how do we get god's mindset from here to us and yeah. how do we apply it to us so. so the first way we're going to do that is uh we're going to connect the narrative so mm -hmm. we're going to place this within the narrative right where is israel israel has left egypt right Joseph and or Joseph went down to Egypt, then Jacob and his family all went down to Egypt. Then they became slaves over time, right? 
And then Moses was chosen by God to lead them out of Egypt. They led out of Egypt there at Mount Sinai. So if you're wondering where Israel is at during this book, the it's answer is Mount what, Sinai. It's about, two and a half, three months in to their right. wandering? About yeah. They've been there. This is where the golden calf happened. Yes. This is where Moses goes up to get the, ten, the, the, the tablets of stone with the yes. ten first laws on it. You know, that's where all this happened. This is where he's told them how to build the tabernacle. Remember the tent? We talked about that before. How to, how to build this tent where God's going to dwell in their midst. He's going he's to lead them with their a pillar camp, of, right. He's going to lead them with a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire. That's where this narrative sets. Yeah. And now God's going to say, okay, this is now, once we've got this all built, this is how... I'm going to get, I'm, you and I are going to come into the same vicinity. Well, but there's, there was a major problem. And so if we recall in Exodus 32, right, God starts the covenant in uh, Genesis or Exodus 19, mm -hmm. Exodus 21 or 24, rather, the covenant is, is confirmed. And then almost 10 chapters later in Exodus 32, Moses is still up there on Mount Sinai receiving all the, all the, the commands and everything. He's getting, he's getting the battle plan. He's getting everything ready to go. And meanwhile, the people are down at the bottom of the mountain going, yeah, we don't want any of that. Yeah. We're going to make a golden calf and worship that. Yeah. And Aaron goes, behold, the, the gods that led you out of Egypt, yeah. you know, or God, the God, yeah, that leads, led you out of Egypt. And, um, you know, God is like, I'm going to wipe these people out. Moses goes up and intercedes in Exodus 34. And God says, okay, I'm going to forgive them. It doesn't happen yet. Doesn't yeah. happen. Right. That's what this book is about. Can't, let me. Uh, it can't happen because the 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 thing to get forgiveness to happen hasn't happened yet. That's right. All right. Yep. And people don't understand that. They think, oh well, a loving. I had somebody one time tell me, well, said a loving God doesn't send anybody to hell. Huh. You know, but God has put in place a system for forgiveness to happen. Yeah, it doesn't. And, you know, there's such a there's such a wide debate about people going to hell. Right. And how does this work? Is does God send them to hell or do they choose it? Um, and I, I think there's I, th I think what we need to understand is God is patient, doesn't want anyone to perish, wants everyone to come uh, to repentance. But those who are bound and determined to not choose him, God is not going to force you. No. And those are the people who are in hell. In Matthew, um, what is it, Matthew? I think it's Matthew 23 where he's, he's got the sheep and the, the goats mm -hmm. his right and his left, right? And he looks at those on his left and he says, and for the rest of you, you're going over to this place that was prepared for who? Not for you, that was prepared for the devil and his angels. So this punishment, this area of punishment has been prepared not for you, but it's prepared for someone else. Now you're going. Why? Because you chose it. Because yeah. you chose it. There's, I mean, there's no question. The yeah. scriptures make it clear over and over and over again that this is what people are choosing. God is giving people a choice, and they are choosing this. And, and you know, and something to it is God, when when He gives you a choice, He gives you a, a, a very viable option. Okay, you can choose not to be obedient, or you can choose to be obedient. You can choose to to follow God, or you can choose not to follow Him. And this is a physical. This is the physical realm. We are we are in into that spiritual part where where Jesus did it. Now we do it through the Holy Spirit, and and so. But here he he's going to everything that about what we do is going to be pictured here. Well, in a physical he, sense. The Hebrew writer points out that in within this sacrificial system, what God disclosed was the way back into paradise, the way back into the yeah. and the and the. The penalty for sin is death. So something's got to die. There's got to be blood that is offered. Mm -hmm. And so what they're going to do and what so much of this Leviticus is about, at least the first half of it, is about 
how do we get back into the presence of God? And it's about blood. Yeah. The second half, so coming out of the great, the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16, coming out of that, what you'll see is all the regulations are about holiness. Mm -hmm. They're about, well, okay, now that we've gotten back into the presence of God, what's the expectation? And the expectation is holiness. And Jesus, and Jesus affirms that for us. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Right. And Romans chapter 12, we, we talked about before we got on, on the air. Verse 1 says, my, my, my act of worship is offering my body as a living sacrifice. That's right. Here he's going to talk about animals being offered up with no choice. I have a choice. Right. I have a choice to offer my own body as a living sacrifice. He said, that's my spiritual act of worship. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to connect this to the narrative. What we're not going to do is go verse by verse. No. What we're not going to do is break down what every single offering meant. Mm -hmm. We'll make some observations about the offerings. Yeah. I think it's important to understand. Maybe not even all of them. We might not touch on all of them. So, yeah. so this is not an in-depth dive or study on Leviticus. We're, trying, so, to, we're trying to get you guys to what, what, is, what, what is it, how is it applicable to me? Yes. How is it applicable to me? While keeping you connected to the narrative, yeah. keeping you connected to as the story, close as we can, as close as we can. Yeah, so that, so again, if you're interested in a deep study on Leviticus, I can recommend some resources to you. Um, uh, I believe Dr. Heiser has done some great work with the Naked Bible Podcast. Um, you can go check some of that stuff out. We're not, we're not scholars. We're not getting into the nitty gritty here. We are just, this is a conversation. We're talking about it and we're looking at it from the narrative perspective and how it connects to us. So, mm -hmm. so again, if you want a deep dive in Leviticus, you know, Hey, come, come to my Wednesday night class. All right. <laughs> There's, we do, we do a lot deeper dive and stuff on, on Wednesday night. So, but, um, for now, just what this is, and I want to, wanted to address some of those limitations first right. off. So let's look at Leviticus chapter one, verse one, uh, verse one, the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting stop this is incredibly significant no yeah, well i think it's i think this sets up the whole the whole book of leviticus it absolutely does so let's this, go this is why the book of leviticus is here so come back to exodus if we come back to exodus what what was over the tent of meeting then the cloud this is exodus 34 mm -hmm. then the cloud covered the tents of meeting and the glory of the lord filled their tabernacle mm -hmm. all of the last little bit of exodus was dealing with building that tabernacle mm -hmm. moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled, settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 1 says, Lord spoke to Moses from the tent of meeting. Moses can't get in the tent. They cannot get and enter into the presence of the Lord. Why? Because they have broken covenant. They have broken covenant. Exodus 34, 32 rather, is still in effect. Yep. God has said, hey, yep. I'm going to fix this, but he has not fixed it yet. And, and, th and 32, Exodus 32 is where they broke covenant with the calf. With the golden calf, yes. Yeah. So in Exodus 32, right, when the people saw, this is Exodus 32, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, ah, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So they're going to make an image for God. That's essentially what they're going to do. And they do that. They give all their golden earrings and all these jewels and everything like that. Stuff that was meant, that was given to them by God. Remember when they were going out of Exodus, God said, I'm going to make the Egyptians favorably disposed to you. So they give you all these things. These golden ornaments and all this stuff was supposed to be used for the construction of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And instead, the people are going to use it to make idols. Yeah. So they're going to make an idol. Yep. They're going to make an image of God, right? They're going to worship that. That's Exodus 32. Covenant broken. Yeah. The covenant has been violated, it's been broken. What is God gonna do? And so, and that I think that that explained just for just briefly that the covenant is is that that relationship between God and man that's right. that was put there that God 
that God saw them at, at the time of the Passover. Remember mm -hmm. when the Passover came, when the death angel passed over, you know, and they, and he said, you put the blood on the door and the, and the doorpost and he made a covenant. He made a promise to Adam and Eve. He made a promise to Abraham. That's he right. made a promise to Moses. And then he, and he, and then he, then he seals it with the blood of the animal on that house. And anybody in the, in the house will be saved. And so God's got a relationship with them. And then he brings them to Mount Sinai with, with, to give them the law, and they break that relationship. They broke it. And the penalty for this is death. Mm -hmm. Just like in the garden, when God looked at Adam and Eve and said, or rather, when he looked at Adam and he said, when you eat of this fruit, you'll die. The day you eat of it, you'll die. Yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't God saying, oh, you'll die a spiritual death. You'll die eventually. You'll become mortal. No, it wasn't any of that. God says, you're going to die. So under, we, what we're getting consistently is when sin enters the picture, the penalty is death. Paul, yes. Paul makes this point in Romans, Romans chapter, chapter 5. Three, Romans chapter 3 says Romans the wages of three. sin is death. Wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 5, death entered through sin, right? Yes. Sin entered through Adam. Death came right after yeah. that. And through yeah. everyone's sin, everyone But dies. it also says that the free gift of God is 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 salvation. You that's know, right. That God gives it freely. So, and that's what this is what talking about. This is how God's going to freely give us that gift of grace that, that we can't earn. There's nothing we can do. All we can do is accept the gift. Well, it's him. a shadow. So the ultimate reality is Christ. What yes, we're absolutely. reading about in Leviticus is the, is the uh, foreshadowing yes. of how, how God is disclosing we're entering, re-entering into the whole place, right? So Exodus 32, they sin, right? Leviticus 1.1, 1, 1, the Lord called to Moses, speaking to him from the tent. Moses can't enter the tent. I want you to look at Numbers 1.1. 1, 1. You look at Numbers 1.1, 1, 1, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tent uh -huh. of meeting. Yep. So this is, this is the difference, right? So Leviticus chapter one, Numbers, if you're unfamiliar yep. with the Torah, right? It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yep. So Numbers follows Leviticus. Leviticus 1.1, 1, 1, they're speaking, God speaking to them from the tent. Le mm -hmm. Numbers 1.1, 1, 1, they're speaking in, in the, the tent. tent. So Something's happened. Some Big something's happened. Yeah. People are back in the presence of God, mm -hmm. right? Because, because you have to remember that... That when these people sin with the golden calf, everybody's guilty. Everybody's guilty. Yes. You know, because it, it incorporated the whole bunch, even Moses. Mm -hmm. And so Moses can't go in the tent because the covenant's been broken. The people have broken the covenant. Moses can't go in. And so because there's no there's no way for him to get there because there's no way to cover the sin. That's right. Not yet. Not yet. But through Leviticus, now in Numbers, now they're inside the tent. What? Who's inside the tent? God is. Where's Moses? In the tent in the tent and he represents all the people so and and it's not because god is uh, and i i, I want to kind of clarify this right it's not because god is looking at humanity and he's i mean he is outraged by humanity's sin I, and i don't want to downplay that no, no. But he's not looking at humanity and hating the our very existence he's hating that that our propensity to not our not even our propensity he's hating that sin and sin itself isn't just what we do or what we don't do mm -hmm. sin is a force mm -hmm. um it is an, it is a force that well, enslaves people and so god can't exist in the presence of sin mm -hmm. so if, the, the book of habakkuk said a pure god cannot abide in sin he can't so what happens and we're going to look at this in leviticus chapter 10 what happens when sin enters into the presence of god mm -hmm. and the answer is it gets vaporized. Yeah. It cannot exist. It can't. It, it can't. absolutely cannot and, exist. And where God was, was in that place where, where sin can't try to come in. Think of God as the sun. All right. Now, God, I'm not saying God is the sun. I'm saying look at the sun as an analogy, right? The sun is very good. 
we like the sun. Without the sun, we have no food, right? We have no water. We have no, I mean, we are a frozen ball. And we're talking about the, the sun, our sun. Our, our, yeah, solar, our system. solar system sun. It's yeah. the, very good. S-U-N, not yeah. S-O-N. Yes. Think of, yes, S-U-N. So think of the sun, the celestial body, the sun, right? It's absolutely vital for life on earth. Without the sun, we all die. Um, you can't stand on the surface of it. No. You can't get too close to it. No. You go outside and you stand outside in the middle of the day, uh, you know, without any type of UV protection, you're going to burn, mm -hmm. right? Okay. God is the same way, right? And without an ozone layer. Without an ozone layer. Radiation from the sun, right. we comes out and, and vaporizes our, our whole community. In the very similar way, right? If you walk into the presence of God with sin, you get vaporized. It's just that simple. God and sin, they can't, you can't exist in the same, they can't exist in the same sphere. God is holy. Sin is not. Yes. So it's, it's a very severe problem. So yes. we've got to deal yep. with this. If yep. God wants mankind in his presence, which is what he wants, mm -hmm. that's what he wants. If that's what God wants and that's what he's going to get, then we've got to deal with sin. Yeah. So, and, and that's what, that's what the first seven, eight verses, I mean, chapters are doing, mm -hmm. dealing with the sin problem. Then, then it then it segues into a new idea, a different idea, and then even all the way to chapter sixteen, and then it starts gets into the you know it's there there you call it something while ago and I forgot what you said what from sixteen on holiness it deals it's, with holiness it's dealing with holiness it's dealing with okay now here you are now you've done this now how do you stay here what do you right. do now you Absolutely. know it's like it's like uh, I think it's the book of Philippians says conduct yourselves in a manner worthy, worthy of the gospel. Yeah. You know, now that you've gotten it, now that you're part of the gospel, now conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Don't, you can't go back. No. You know, you can't go back, but we don't have to keep offering sin offerings like they did because the, the one that was going to be the ultimate sin offering has already been offered. Has already been offered. Yes. Yep. The blood of Jesus covers the sin you committed yesterday, the sin you'll commit today. And the First sin John chapter one says that after. So now, of course, so what does that mean? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? Paul's answer is that's, that may it never But that's the hard be. part. It is the hard part. That's the hard part. That's the you hard know, part. because sin is, like I, we were talking about earlier this morning, sin is always knocking at the door. Mm -hmm. Jesus found that out. Yeah. He found out that temptation is always there. Well, and, and how do we, but how do we fight back against that temptation? Mm -hmm. And the propensity to fight back is law. Mm -hmm. It's not no, how you do it. You got to no. keep in step with the spirit. The the problem here is is what's going to happen to most of us? Sin's going to knock at the door, and you're going to wake up with your face in the dirt. Yeah, that's what happens to most of us. It, and it, then you yeah. look at yourself in the mirror, like I said earlier, a while ago in the, down the office. I said, I said, and then you look at yourself in the mirror and say, "There's no way God could love me. He couldn't love me." And you may be the, one of those people that that have woke up and you woke up and out of after a a, a night of sin, a day of sin, or, or a, a lifestyle of sin, and said. God couldn't possibly love me. What's the point? So, so my question to those who would, who go through that, and that's, I mean, that's Romans seven. Mm -hmm. Romans seven is, I know the good I ought to do, and I don't do it. Oh, yeah. wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin and death. <clears throat> um, there's a couple of reasons you're living in Romans seven. You're living in Romans seven because you haven't obeyed the gospel. That's a big one, um, and that's and that's a lot of people. A lot of people don't know how to obey the gospel. They don't yeah. know that they're supposed to, um, and so that's that's an issue. They want to follow Jesus. But they don't know how. They yeah. don't know how to start. They don't know how to stay. And then you've got people who have obeyed the gospel, but then they put the wrong batteries in the remote. You've got people who they they've obeyed the gospel, but then to walk in the light, they've developed their own code of law. They've only they've developed their own system of right and wrongs and checks and balances, and they and they they determine their relationship with God based on that. 
Paul's advice over and over and over again, and it's really clear in Galatians because that's what the Galatian church did. The Galatian church started trying to follow law. And Paul's advice to them is stop. Mm -hmm. You didn't start this walk by the law. You started this walk by faith in Christ. You need to continue this walk by staying in step with the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that we have to be dedicated to. Mm -hmm. This is it. So if you're looking for something like, how do I stay in step? Love people. Mm -hmm. Serve them. Take care of them. That does not mean you don't confront yeah. sin. Yeah. It does not mean that you don't say right is right mm -hmm. and wrong is wrong. Yeah. Love them in a biblical sense. And so... Yeah. Uh, it's it's so it's so difficult, and you're absolutely right. It's so difficult to stay in connection with to God and to feel that love of God when you keep judging your relationship by God with how many times you go to church in a week, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, this is not yeah. going to cut it. So okay. we're looking at at uh, numbers. Well, I got numbers one one. We're we're down to numbers one one. So you're absolutely right. All of this in the first half of the book is offering. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all so right after he says in uh, Leviticus chapter one, verse one, God is speaking to them from the tent of the meeting. He says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. And we're getting into regulation. And, and this was not what they were doing before, because this is just now being instituted by God. You know, people think, oh, well, they were always offering sacrifice. No, you know that they, they were told Adam was told his sons were told. You know, that they, they offered what God told them, but here it's being set up as a provisions for a nation of people to come to God. So you're right. Under the under Genesis and Exodus during that time, right? I mean, pretty much people would go up to a high place. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to get too deeply into the, uh, no, we the don't cosmic do cosmic geography here, but the high places were viewed as the places where the God was the closest places to God. Mm -hmm. So I ziggurats. They would have that's why they were offering there. at the beginning trying to build this tower right that they got in trouble over right yeah because it became more about the tower it became, the tower than it came about, it became yeah. more about the so, tower than so about god you're absolutely right so the tower of babel why are they building this it's essentially to get to god well they're not they're not building it to get to god they're building it in the tower of babel to make a name for themselves but, but you, to make but themselves god but that's where that's where <laughs> when you started with the first rock yeah. It wasn't about that. It was about getting to God. It was making a high place. But now, now they've gotten to the place where they get. Now they're starting to worship the tower, worship themselves, and forgot about God. And that's and you know when when Abraham goes with his son and told go kill your son on Mount Moriah. Yeah, yeah. He he goes to to where God told him to go, and he brings all the stuff, and he and he and he's going to kill his son, sacrifice his son, because that's what God told him to do. Here, God's telling them, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Yeah. You know, here you're going to offer a burnt yeah. offering. And he, and he even says, he even says, you know, you're not to offer wherever you want anymore. Yeah. You're not to allow this tent no. to, to be wherever you, you want to be. You don't have to build altars right. and go to high places. Now you're going to do it here. And what we'll find out is they did that anyway. Yeah, I know. They did, yeah, they did, they did it did. anyway. But that's um, what we do, isn't it? It's exactly God exactly. told me don't do this and I did it anyway. I did it now anyway. what do I do? Now what do I do? Yep. Now, now I'm lost. Am I lost? Well, and so but I did anyway. That that gets into a very interesting conversation because what we see is God is very patient with his covenant people. And if you actually look at uh, I believe it's King Josiah mm -hmm. uh in Chronicles. I'm not talking about back then. I'm talking about now. Well, I understand that, but but to inform us now, we have to look at how he dealt with his covenant people back then. But it's and, easier for me if I look at what happened. Now and what is God saying? What I would say now? is God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, mm -hmm. but all to come to repentance. Mm -hmm. He what he wants is for you to better understand and do better. You know, I look I still go back to first John. As we you walk know, in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son cleanses of all sin. And the next verse says what? 
And if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And, and the, the truth, truth is not, not in you. you. Yep. So that means even people who are truthful, even those who are walking in the light, even those who are godly people are going to sin. Well, and, don't, and think about it, guys. You know, God doesn't categorize sin the way we do. No. Sin is sin. Yeah. We look at it and say, well, I only lied. Well, I didn't cheat on my wife. But the guy that cheated on his wife is worse. You know, he may be a Christian. He's worse than the guy that lied. Well, or what, the guy that stole five cents or whatever. What do the scriptures say? The righteous will live by perfection? No. The righteous will faith. live by faith. By faith in God. So trust and confidence. It's hard, it's hard though, guys, when when you when you get involved in something that I mean, when you when you when you know you make a mistake, you know you've sinned, and these people know they've sinned. They know. They watched three thousand of their comrades die at that at that mountain with that calf. They know. They know and they've so, messed up. Yeah. They know. You know, God has told them. They know. I mean, it's it's scary. Moses knows they've messed up. And when you know you've messed up and you think, how could God love me? How could God love me? And, and he, but he still does. That's the whole point of this whole this, this whole thing. I still love you. Well, the Hebrew writer says, as long as the day is today, don't harden your hearts as they did. Yeah. You know, don't, that means don't, don't continue in that lifestyle. Don't get, you know, work as hard as you can every single day to not be what that, what I mean, that lifestyle if is. You, if you know that what you're doing is wrong before the Lord. Stop, stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Stop doing it. Come talk to someone. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk yeah. about it. Let's, yeah. let's sit down and get some encouragement. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, let's sit down and diagnose the problem. Mm -hmm. What's the problem here? Yeah. You know, I just pointed out with Romans chapter seven, mm -hmm. you're in Romans seven for two reasons. Mm -hmm. You either don't have the spirit of God yeah. or you're not walking with the spirit yeah. of God. We can figure it out. Peter says, I've given you everything we need. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. This is First Peter chapter yeah. one yeah. or Second Peter chapter Second one. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Mm -hmm. So let's. It's not unknowable. You know, the, the and the reason I bring this up is because because they're going to have a, a continual continual ability to offer and to over overcome and and cover over sin, over and over and over. You know, we. We look at it from a different perspective. Well, David says in Psalm 51, the blood of, you didn't ask for the blood and bulls of goats, but no. justice and mercy. Yeah. You know, I mean, a uh, broken heart, yeah. right, is, is yeah. what pleases God. And so, you know, I, I mean, look, I understand the tension you're talking about. I get it. I, I yeah. feel it. And, and, I'm, and I'm talking about our, our viewers, you know, they, they, there are people out there watching maybe that are looking at it and saying, I don't have a clue what y'all talking about. This doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. You know, these people are just like us. God just put in a different plan for them. He's going to put in a different plan for us. The plan for us is Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Absolutely. He is the He is the one that John sees coming down the road and says, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb who of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. That's right. You know, they were called, he told Joseph, Name him this because he will save his people from their sin. It was Isaiah 59 and God saw that there were no righteous. There was, so he put on his own, he put on his own armor and well, took his Isaiah, own righteousness. Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2 <laughs> says, says that, 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 uh, that he doesn't even hear. He, he won't listen to. Yeah. He does. He turns his back on us. Yeah. The arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor nor his ear too, too dull, dull to hear. hear. Yeah. But, he, but your so, sins have created separation between you and God, so He will not. Our sins. Our sins. Our, our sins. sins. Yeah. The the thing here is is continue, continually strive to walk in the light, have fellowship with other people that are doing the same thing, and strive to walk away and and to say and learn how to be stronger. You do that by loving one another. And that's exactly right. Exactly right. I you told me. We are not going to get out of verse one. And we didn't. <laughs> we pretty much didn't. But we'll move on from here, guys. We we're really going to be we're, in we're going to be in eight or nine next time. We're yeah, going to do a very brief. This is going to be overview. very brief. What we're going to do with this, you know, there's just a few offerings here that we're going to deal with. But we're going to we're going to get probably close to chapter eight next week. Probably, you know, this is 
This is about atonement. This is how God's going to set up atonement. This is how he's going to set up forgiveness, how he's going to set up covering of sin. The yeah. center of the Torah is Leviticus 16, the yeah. heart, the heart of it. Yeah. And it's and what is Leviticus 16? It's the day of atonement. It's how do we get back into the presence of God? Yeah. So it's it's absolutely vital. It's absolutely important. It's essential to any understanding of, of what and it if, is that God is doing. And if you're lost and you don't have any access to God or don't feel like you do, this is this is a applicable. We're going to try to make this as a, a very applicable study to you. You know, how do I get back in the presence of God? How do well, I get there? What do I don't, do? Don't just sit at home. Call us. Yeah. Call us. Reach Absolutely. out. Email us. You know, Absolutely. we've got email. We've got phones. We've yeah. got. I do online social people all the time. I do phone social people all the time. I'd love to sit down and talk to you. I'd love to sit down and study with you. Absolutely. And maybe you disagree. Maybe maybe we've said some things. You know, I know I've said some things that kind of tweak denominational uh, thinking. You know, it, it makes so, us look at it from a different perspective, I think. You know, let's sit down and talk. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk. If you, for example, if you think maybe you think that God has chosen uh, the people to be saved and personally chosen the people that He's going to send to hell, maybe you're under that impression. Let's sit down and talk. Let's see what the Bible actually says. That's absolutely right. Let's pray. Right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study for this brief time. Father, we look forward to this study. We look forward to seeing how you interacted with your people because it tells us how you're going to interact with us. And we're thankful, Father. We're thankful that that you don't hold our, our wrongs against us, that you've provided provision for us to come to you and stay close to you. And we thank you for that, Father. Thank you for being our Father. And thank you for being in a, in a kind of Father that we can truly depend on and truly be a, God, a Father that loves and nurtures and takes care of us and is patient with us as we move forward. Thank you, Father. Bless us. Help us to help us have a great week. And thank you for our audience and all of those and all the problems. Help us to, to find out if we if they need us, that they will contact us, Father. Thank you for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.